Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, we are sitting down with Wilson Vance, Organizing Director with KC Tenants and Political Director with KC Tenants Power. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Abby. You all have been very busy this year. So many cool things happening in Kansas City. So many things to empower a lot of people that live in our neighborhood here in the Northeast. So many Kansas Cityans encountered KC Tenants on election on November 8th. Mm-hmm. You guys had a big win. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, Abby. So on the November ballot that was last week, November 8th, um, voters were asked to pass question two, which was an authorization of a $50 million bond for affordable housing. Now on the ballot itself, it just said $50 million general obligation bond for affordable housing for low or moderate income families. But Casey Tenant's Um, was able to pass a resolution prior to November 8th that ensured that all 50 million of those dollars actually goes to the housing trust fund um, on which Peace Tenants has two seats on the nine-person board and that that $50 million goes to housing. So that includes 14 counties. In the Northeast, we live in Jackson County. We are in Kansas City city limits. But if we're taking into account what the federal government considers the entire metro area of Kansas City. That includes Bonner Springs. It includes Mission Hills, Kansas. It includes Liberty. It includes 14 counties total surrounding Jackson County. And when we're thinking about how does that translate to rent, what they do is they take the area median income of that entire area, including homeowners and tenants, and they say the median family income for a family of four is $97,700. Wow. Just a lot of money. I don't know anybody who makes that much, to be honest, Abby. But if you were to look at um, just the median income of renters in Kansas City limits, that number is $38,000 a year. So what ends up happening is they are defining affordable rent based on this entire metro area number of $97,000 a year and not using the actual incomes of renters in Kansas City to define what is affordable. So you get $1,200 a month as the definition of affordable for a one-bedroom apartment, but that is not actually truly affordable to renters in Kansas City. It's all screwed up. It's all messed up, Abby, but we're working on changing it. Something we've been looking at here in Northeast, especially when they tore down the Chateau Courts, um, and we're kind of spreading those out among new builds affordable housing, not all counties, not all parts of the city want to do their fair share for affordable housing. And there's a lot of people saying, I don't want that close to my home, close to my school, Mm -hmm. in my neighborhood. So some areas do have more of a burden to be responsible for that housing than others. How do you, how do you look at the city as a whole and then make those decisions for only a certain part of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, our position at Casey Tenants is that every single neighborhood in our city needs and deserves truly affordable housing. There's a lot of stigma on, um, I think, renters in general in some cases, but also folks who would be considered poor or working class renters. And I think, you know, frankly, I would hope that within neighborhood associations, within neighborhoods in general, we're talking to our neighbors, we're trying to dismantle some of those assumptions that we have about people. At Casey Tenants, we say that we organize across all lines that the other side uses to divide us. 
And so when we think about who, you know, who is actually, who are the, who are the players that are actually doing harm in our neighborhoods? It's really very rarely, um, you know, the family whose parents work at Ford and the mom works the night shift at McDonald's and they're just trying to make their ends meet, right? Um, the people who are actually doing damage to our communities are the ones who are extracting wealth, who are pricing us out, be that in the form of increased property taxes that homeowners can't afford or rent that is going up and pricing out long-term residents that have been renting in the area. Um, but I will say, if we're bringing it back to question two, in that resolution that Casey Tennant's passed, it also has language in there that says um, that this $50 million in building affordable housing should not be sequestered to any one district, to any one part of the city, that actually um, there's language in there saying we prioritize affordable housing all over the city, including up north, northeast, downtown, midtown, south KC, so that not just one part of the city is getting all of this affordable housing because we know the need is not just in one part of the city, it's all over. So what are some of the I guess, physical goals of this um, housing trust fund? You know, are there dates to start building things? Do we have properties picked out? So the housing trust fund, it, it was actually established in 2019, I believe, but it really didn't have any funding in it until 2020. And most of the funding that is in the housing trust fund is from ARPA dollars, so American Rescue Plan dollars. Um, and... In the ordinance for the housing trust fund, it says that there's a preference for housing that is um, affordable beyond 30 years. It has a preference for housing that is um, affordable at 60% AMI or 30% AMI, which is what we consider truly affordable. Um, it has a preference, preference for housing that is for families. It has a preference for housing that is um, for folks experiencing homelessness, and it has a, a preference for homeownership programs for people who are also in that lower income range. Um, so it's pretty cool. I would say Casey Tennant has, um, you know, we have had some public critiques of the housing trust fund, but the fact that we have two seats on that nine person board really allows us to represent our neighbors who are renters and former renters specifically, um, and making sure that that funding goes towards housing um, that is actually good for our community and affordable for our people. And so far it has. Um, so there's been, I don't know the exact number, but there have been, there's been millions of dollars that have already been um, allocated to certain projects across the city. And some of them are rehabilitation projects. Some of them are creation of new housing. Um, but for example, Lycans Neighborhood Association, they received some of those housing trust fund dollars themselves. Um, to like renovate uh, some of the housing over there that is blighted and just needs some work. So that's kind of what we consider the best use of these funds is making sure that it goes to preserving and creating truly affordable housing, because that's really where the shortage is in Kansas City. We don't have a shortage of housing that's $1,600, $1,400, $1,200 even. We have a shortage of housing that um, the folks who are getting pushed out further and further and further into Kansas City suburbs um, need so they can stay within our city limits. So let's talk about um, the citywide tenant union. You know, it started as a grassroots effort and it's grown to 
thousands and thousands of people who come to you for resources and for assistance and for advocacy. What's that been like, you know, that growth over the past couple of years? Yeah. So I will, you know, I want to just say Casey Tenants is the citywide tenant union in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, And what that means is we are not a service organization, right? We are not people that receive ARPA funding to dole out rental assistance. Um, We do not advocate on behalf of anybody. We organize with people um, to ensure that they are taking the ownership and leadership of um, bettering their lives. We say at Casey Tenants that the people closest to the problem are closest to the solution. So myself as staff at Casey Tenants, I don't get to make any decision on our strategy or um, what we do or do not decide to take on. The actual leaders in our membership do that. We make collective, we make decisions as a collective and only as a collective. Um, and that I think is part of what has been so beautiful and what has made us so successful. Um, we're not advocating. We are not like um, replicating the kind of, I think, challenges and failings we've seen from some nonprofit groups in Kansas City that decide they know what's best for folks, even if they're not the ones who are experiencing it. Um, So I want to make clear, like we consider ourselves a power organization that is building power with and for um, the people who are actually dealing with the issues that, that we organize around. Um, but it's been dope to answer your question more specifically. Like, you know, we started in 2019 and our first meeting had eight people in it and one or two of them were an infiltrator. Right. But now we have weekly meetings every Saturday with anywhere from 40 to 80 people just at our weekly meetings. And then we have team meetings, um, in between during the week, we have multiple neighborhood wide tenant unions. We have the East side tenant union and the midtown tenant union, um, We have a hotline, which is where some people do come to us and ask, you know, hey, I'm a tenant. I'm dealing with this. My landlord's doing that. My rent is going up here. I lost my job and I don't have money for rent here. And we will refer them to service organizations, um, but also invite them to build power with us because we know that if we are just addressing one late payment at a time or one late fee at a time or one pricing out of a tenant at a time, then we're not going to get anywhere. We actually have to like go to the root cause and change things on a systems level. And so that I think is, um, you know, that's what's been so challenging, but so powerful about the work that we do at Casey Penance. So how many people are in the union now, if you have like a round figure? I do. So our membership is 4,300. At my latest count, we have over 4,000 members in Casey Tenants. So that ain't uh, that ain't nothing to sneeze at. As far as I know, most city council races are won with about two hundred. So, <laughs> oh, and there's actually um, a Casey tenant leader who's running for city council, right? So yeah, there are actually two Casey tenants leaders who come out of our grassroots membership that have decided to run for city council. Um, our Casey tenants, so Casey tenants does not get involved in electoral work. Um, but Janae Manley of the second district, she's running at large and Jonathan Duncan, um, who's running in district in the sixth district of Kansas city, um, are leaders in our C3 base. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. I know, um, Janae's on my list to reach out to races that affect Northeast, um, since she's running at large, Mm -hmm. we'll have her in here at some point for a podcast to talk about her campaign. 
Um, and I've interviewed her at Casey Tennis Things before, which is always fun to see familiar faces. So coming out of, you know, now that question two is passed, what's the next step? Yeah. So the next step for Casey Tennant is we are looking ahead toward 2023 and April of 2023 is the municipal um, primary election. Right. So we have recognized that uh, we've done a lot of work on the narrative level and on the base building level of making housing a pretty big issue in Kansas City. But we want to keep that up. And um, so right now we are focused on what we're calling listening sessions. Casey Tenants Power, the C4, will be crafting a people's platform. And we want to hear from people in the city about issues like policing and public safety, transit, climate, um, and economic justice so that we can help craft um, our positions on issues like that. We know what we need in housing. That's been our focus for a long time at Casey Tenants. But... Um, we know that we are going to have to and should have positions on other issues that impact our folks. Um, so we're holding these listening sessions throughout the rest of the year. And then next year, we will be endorsing candidates for the municipal races. And we will be knocking on doors and educating voters about, um, you know, about the people that we endorse and the election at large, because I think a lot of people don't actually vote in municipal elections and we're all impacted on a really, um, on a really local and poignant level. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in the November election. The turnout was lower than I expected it to be, but I think people who felt passionately obviously turned out. Which is, it's exciting to see people making progress um, in so many different areas of the city, and you know, Casey Tenants being one of those. And you mentioned Vikings earlier and what they're doing for affordable housing. And they're not only doing infill housing and renovations, but thinking about multifamily housing around their beautifully renovated new park. Yes. Um, and so we're excited to see how that turns out. I know they've been working hard on it for years and years, but if that model can be replicated for other neighborhoods to kind of begin to do things on their own, and maybe get assistance through these housing programs through the city. Oh yeah, the like what Likens has been doing is really cool and I mean I want to give props and credit where it's due. They've been engaging um the neighborhood in a way that I have never seen another neighborhood association do. And it's it's awesome to see. Like they have had a real emphasis on language justice within their neighborhood association, making sure that every single event that they put on is translated into at least one other language other than English, um, which for the Northeast up here, it's so important for us, right? We have so many um, neighbors who are, you know, their first language isn't English, but they have a stake in the neighborhood. Um, so yeah, Likens is killing it. I'm very proud of the work they've been doing and I would love, love to see other neighborhoods in Kansas City follow their lead in that aspect. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamika's Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shamikasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shamika's, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974, Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. And just before we get 
too off topic, I want to share when those listening sessions are, if that's all right, because a couple of them are coming up soon. Uh, Next Tuesday, there's a listening session on transit and it's on Zoom and I'm sure the link can be found at your website. Actually, caseytenantspower.org. But you can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. It's just Casey Tenants Power as the handle for all of those. And we have, you know, information about the listening sessions and upcoming um, events in the future. I will. So I'll, I'll let me plug these listening sessions. So first of all, if you haven't taken our survey, do that. And just you're going to want to type in bit.ly. So bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash caps, K-C-T-P. And then lowercase survey. And if you go to that link um, on your uh, web browser, then you will find a survey that we want everybody in the city to take, whether you're a homeowner, a landlord, even a tenant, like we actually do really want to hear from folks to help figure out what are the most important issues in the, in the city. And then, as you said, Abby, we have a listing session Tuesday, November 22nd on transit. Then we have one up north of the river, December 4th. I think it's from three to five. Hold on. It is, yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, on economic justice, and that's economic justice part one because we have a second one that's also economic justice. And then on December tenth, it's a double header. We have one on climate from eleven to one, and economic justice part two from three to five. And those are both going to be at um, Trinity United Methodist Church, which is in Midtown at six twenty East Armor Boulevard. Great. And we can link that survey in the description of the podcast. So for anybody who um, wants to take it from there, it'll be easy to find. I noticed you all out at the polls, you know, I was talking to people as I was walking in to vote at uh, Gladstone Elementary. And then I actually had you as a canvasser come to my door the Saturday before the election. Why was it so important to get out and engage with Northeast voters, you know, where they are in their neighborhood? Oh, I mean, so I live in the Northeast myself. I live in South Indian Mound. um, And my husband actually does a lot of work with the Likens Neighborhood Association um, as an immigrant who is focused on language justice being more, um, you know, just a thing that we're making accessible to more people. Um, So when we were figuring out at Casey Tenants Power where we wanted to knock doors, um, where we wanted to like target our voter education, we specifically wanted to talk to people that don't get their doors knocked a lot, frankly. Um, people who are often written off by the traditional uh, voter engagement strategies, right? Like we weren't so much caring about um, making sure that the people who are definitely gonna go out to vote, make it out to vote and vote yes on question two, sure. We wanted to reach people that might not have gotten out to vote at all unless they knew something like this that could actually benefit them and their neighborhood was on the ballot. Um, so we knocked doors, thousands of doors in the Northeast and uh, thousands in the East Side and then thousands in South Kansas City. So those were our um, kind of three areas that we focused on. And it was really awesome to talk to neighbors in the Northeast so many people, both homeowner and tenant, recognize that um, $1,200 is not affordable and that we need more truly affordable housing in 
our neighborhood and across the city. And it was really, um, I don't know, it was just really heartening and inspiring to talk to folks, especially in the Northeast, um, who, you know, Abby, if we're not careful, we're going to turn into um, the West Side. And a lot of those folks who were generations deep in the West Side were priced out. And if we don't, as Northeast uh, residents really pay attention to that fact and ensure that any investment that goes into our neighborhood is actually just not only equitable um, and doesn't price out long-term residents, then we won't really recognize this neighborhood in five years. And I love the Northeast. I, I love the diversity. I love the fact that there are folks who um, there's diversity in class and race and culture. And, you know, I think when we talk about housing and specifically affordable housing, that's what's at stake. It is all those things that we love about our neighborhood. Um, so it was important to me and important to the members of Casey Tenants Power that we go to neighborhoods that are at risk of gentrification like the Northeast. I think a huge part of Casey Tenants work, you know, when they're on the ground in the neighborhoods, is not only about affordable housing, but it's about safe housing and healthy housing, all those things that, you know, the Northeast may have a lot of affordable housing, but is it quality? Is it, you know, good for the people who are living there, especially with our immigrant and refugee populations who may not know when they're being mistreated? Mm -hmm. um, I remember last winter, it was below freezing and I think the power was out. So they had lit candles that then started a fire. Um, it was, this was in a building on Gladstone and they never told the other residents that there was a fire and they had turned off the utilities. So people woke up in the middle of the night, freezing cold in the dark, wondering what had happened. Mm -hmm. And Tara, who also lives in Northeast, um, one of your Casey tenants leaders was out there helping the residents figure out what their rights were, which is something that many people just don't even know, or maybe don't think about until they're in a really bad situation like that. So not only were you doing outreach for the elections, but, you know, how much time do you spend letting people know who you are and what you do in our community? Yeah, I mean, you bring up such great points, Abby. Our mission statement is that, you know, we believe everybody in Kansas City, regardless of, you know, income, race, ability, anything else, deserves safe, accessible, truly and permanently affordable housing. We've been talking a lot about truly and permanently affordable, but a lot of our early work has been um, in making sure that tenants really have safe conditions. And that fight is ongoing, right? There are going to be, there are tons of folks, especially up here, as you said, that, you know, may have cheap rent or affordable rent, but they're dealing with um, rat infestations or neglect from the landlord, um, appliances that don't work. And our city is not doing enough, even with the programs that we have, like Healthy Homes, to make sure that, you know, residents are truly comfortable and safe in their own homes. And so, yeah, that's where I would say the union comes in. Um, that's where really like a localized, even neighborhood union is really helpful. In the Midtown Tenant Union, one of the things they're focused on doing this winter is doing things like the Know Your Rights workshops, but working with um, tenants themselves to take on like abusive and 
just slummy landlords, right? So if you come into a midtown tenant union and you're like, look, I got my neighbor with me. We're both dealing with no heat. It's the middle of December and I don't know what to do. You have a union that has your back. Um, and that's not just in the form of like helping you um, like file a healthy homes report. It's also things like going up to the office, but you're not alone. You have a union representatives and your neighbors behind you. Um, and that's the type of thing that I think is the strength of a collective like Casey Tenants or a neighborhood union is not only do you have access to figuring out what your rights are, but you have a like just a crew of people who are going to have your back when you fight to preserve them and use them. Casey Tenants did a lot of work to help people who are being evicted during COVID. Obviously, we're still dealing with COVID in some capacity here. And now headed into winter, you know, what does that look like for Casey Tenants or Casey Tenants Power assisting people who are getting evicted? Yeah. So back, your question is really great. You asked about how Casey Tenants has fought back against evictions during the pandemic. And girl, we fought hard against pandemic evictions, to be honest. Back in uh, January of 2021, we called it zero eviction January. And we had multiple protests at um, at the courthouse and we did ongoing um, disruptions of Zoom evictions or virtual evictions, which if you don't know what that is, it means that you either have to call into a conference call or join Zoom to go through your eviction hearing and people were literally losing their homes over a conference call. It was extremely violent. Um, and there are a lot of folks who are the most um, you know, the most at risk of eviction who are also the least likely to have ever used Zoom in their life, right? So we saw a lot of violence happening in the form of displacing people from their homes. And so we held multiple actions at the courthouse, but we also called in to these virtual evictions and we disrupted them. Um, our leaders called in and they said, you know what, we've got your back tenants. If you're a judge, like, you don't have to do this. You could actually make a choice to postpone all of these evictions um, and really just calling it like it is and making sure that uh, the, the evictions were delayed. And in the month of January 2021, we delayed over 900 evictions that resulted in people buying more time um, and being kept in their homes. But we didn't stop there, right? We knew that that was... Um, you know, not exactly a sustainable approach to addressing eviction. And so last year in December, almost a year now ago, we won right to counsel for tenants in Kansas City, which means that if you are a tenant and you get an eviction notice, you have a guaranteed right to a lawyer through the city. So if you get an eviction, eviction notice, you can call this number and you will receive legal, not only legal advice, but legal representation in an eviction hearing. And that's been a game changer. Honestly, so many people have either, um, you know, been allowed to stay in their home uh, or won a case against their landlord. It has just prevented so much displacement um, that we have seen that we had seen in the past. It's not perfect. Um, but I mean, it's huge. Like, it's one of the most strong right to counsel laws in the country. So if you are a tenant and you receive an eviction notice and you live in Kansas City proper, you can call 816-474-5112 to get a lawyer from the city program. 
or you can visit gkcassistanceprogram.org slash eviction defense, and you will have a guaranteed representation in eviction court. That's great. Thanks for sharing. So what does the future of affordable housing look like in Kansas City for you? Girl, it looks truly affordable. Um, beyond that, I think, you know, we have a, I, I personally, and Casey Tennant's, we have a vision of the city that truly is affordable and permanently affordable, but that is also invested in, right? We don't, a lot of people like to say that Casey Tennant's is anti-development because we've been critical of luxury development or the definition that the city has for affordable. And it's just not true. We are not anti-development. We are anti-displacement. We are anti-racist. We are anti-getting price out of our own city, but it actually doesn't have to be like that. We can have investment in all neighborhoods of Kansas City. We can have new development. We can have big skyscrapers, to be honest. We can have nice things in Kansas City while also not pricing our neighbors out. That is possible, but it's not going to take, I mean, it's going to take a lot of um, political will that we build in the streets as Casey tenants and policy that we and our champions fight for uh, through Casey Tenants power. And that's our C4 political arm, right? So, you know, I, I think the way, the way Kansas City is going, there are two possible trajectories. One trajectory leads us down the road of Denver without mountains, um, where all the people who made that city, the type of city people wanted to live in, don't live there anymore. And even people who make a living wage can't afford to live in the actual city of Denver. That is not what I want for Kansas City. Um, but there's another trajectory in which um, our city decides to invest in truly and permanently affordable housing, decides to listen to the people who are closest to the problem about what they want in their own neighborhood. Um, and frankly, where our city decides to put people over profit. Um, we're having conversations about the stadium. We're having conversations about a World Cup. We're having conversations about an NFL draft and how much tax dollars we're going to be spending on each of those. How about we talk about how many tax dollars we're spending on housing the people? How many ta tax dollars we're spending on family leave and child care and investing in programs that actually make our city better and serve our people and not some out-of-state real estate developer or out-of-state um you know, uh, mega profiteer. Anyway, now I'm just, I'm like <laughs> losing my train of thought. But what I mean to say is the vision for Kansas City that we have um, is one in which we all win. And that includes homeowners and tenants. And we all have everything we need. And that includes housing, but it also includes green space and a functioning bus system, you know, and all the food we need and and just beautiful infrastructure because we deserve it and we actually could do it if our city decided that it was a priority. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. It has been really insightful and also really inspiring to see the work that you all are doing, especially how it affects us here in Northeast. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Abby. I really appreciate it.